All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash Just News. Hello, America, and happy Thursday. Thank you for coming back and joining us for another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from, you know, just the news. So grateful. You read us, you join us, you watch us, you engage us, you join the VIP club, you subscribe to our newsletter, you download our app. I'm grateful for all of that because we want to be more than just a vendor to you. We want to be a news community, a place where we can have conversation, where we can give you hard facts and then step back and let you make up your mind. And today, we're gonna go to a conversation I don't often have, but it's an issue that's deeply important to my reporting, to my journalism. There is no hiding the fact that climate change is a pressing issue for America. There is hyperbole, there's cooked data, there is over-the-top debate, extreme predictions that haven't come true. But there is evidence that weather and climate is changing as humanity expands in size, seven, almost eight billion world population now. There's an inevitable effect. There are fewer trees, more people, more admissions. All there's need for more water, clean water. We all want clean air and clean water. It isn't just a democratic prerogative. It isn't just Democrats who get to say we want clean water and clean air. All of us independents, Republicans, apolitical, Democrat, liberal, progressive, conservative. We all need clean air. We all need clean water. We need to preserve lands. And for the last 20 years, there have been sort of a faux debate. And I think it began with Al Gore's inconvenient truth and the franchise he made to enrich his political enterprise. And climate change became an all or nothing thing. You must save the world from dying immediately by giving up your cars and your gas, reducing your electricity, walking to work, biking to work, give up your suburban American home, go to multifamily housing. I could give you a thousand of the explanations. Oh, you must pass the new Green Deal. Remember AOC and all of those? Well, in the process, what Democrats did is they hunkered down Republicans into a difficult, crouched position. If you were against the Green New Deal, if you wouldn't give up your gas-powered car, if you didn't want your electric bills to go up 30%, you were an anti-environmental polluter, a big oil grasping environment wrecking ball. And the truth of the matter is long before this faux choice was set up, by a very sophisticated campaign operation, the Center for American Progress, George Soros. Listen, they all believe in this stuff. I'm not going to accuse them of being dishonest. They have a passion for the environment. They have a solution, and they have taken brass tacks to impose that solution and to get Republicans out of their way. But there was a time when I was a young reporter where the environment was a Republican issue, where Republicans had the lead and embrace the outdoors. Hey, Teddy Roosevelt, Republican, gave us the national park system. Ronald Reagan, on his horse on weekends out in California, loved the outdoors. He spoke fondly of it. He wanted us to preserve it. And the most 
consequential, I believe, environmental treaty. One that actually had an impact, solved a problem, unlike the Paris Accord or the Kyoto Accords, where really not much came of them. The goals haven't been hit. Promises haven't been met. China continues to blow China out. But one that really did work, because we did have a hole in our ozone layer, came on President Reagan's watch. It was called the Montreal Protocols. And we got rid of certain emissions from aerosols and other things, Freon and other things, that were cutting a hole in our atmosphere, making the earth warmer, less safe, more dangerous. And we solved it. Those are Republicans who did that, not Democrats. It was a Republican. Now, in fairness, Democrats were co-partners on it. Both sides worked together. But somehow the Republicans and conservatives have allowed themselves to get pinned down as, if you don't do everything that AOC wants in her new Green Deal, get rid of your car, give up your natural gas, go solar, put up with brownouts because we don't have enough electricity. Well, you're just an environment hater. You're a polluter. You are a green home wrecker. Well, the truth of the matter is it's not true. And over the last year, I can't tell you the number of big picture conservative thinkers who've told me, John, our moment has come. We have to reclaim the climate and environmental debate. Newt Gingrich said it on the show. Rick Perry, the former energy secretary and Texas governor from one of the biggest oil and gas states said Republicans, conservatives have to get in the game on climate change. I've heard it from Kevin McCarthy, from many of the members, including Jim Banks at the policy committee. Now, second you start saying climate change, 30, 40% of Americans, the hardcore, they immediately put up mirrors and garlic and oh my God, ghostbuster signs. You can't have that conversation. What are you, a nut? The answer is, you got to have the conversation. You got to get out of the crouch position. You got to take a look at the world, acknowledge that people don't like these extreme weather events, do want clean air, do want clean water, understand more population can lead to more pollution, and use what the free market has always been best at, creating innovative solutions, market-driven solutions. No, we don't have to walk like cavemen. We don't have to give up our gas-powered cars right away. We can transition over time, natural gas to nuclear, nuclear to renewables. Over time, all of these technologies will get better. But there's a way to reduce pollutants and carbon and the things that both sides, I think, realize they have to do without being demagogued, without being painted into a corner. This isn't a blue is green and red is polluter debate. There are solutions on the table that Kevin McCarthy, the House Minority Leader, that Rick Perry and Donald Trump and Matt Schlapp at American Conservative Union, there are real solutions that conservatives have put together. And this, I believe, is the two-year period, 2022 to 2024, where a credible alternative to the Green New Deal is out there. We all want clean water. We all want clean air. We don't have to destroy jobs and economy and do it. There is a more measured way to do it, a lot of conservatives argue, but they haven't offered it. They've sat back and just said, ah, climate change, climate change. It's all baloney. Well, that time is over. And why is that? When you take the polling of John McLaughlin, when you take the polling of Newt Gingrich, when you take the polling of Benji Backer, who's going to be our guest today, there is a new generation of voters who were fed a steady diet of climate change crisis propaganda, real information as well, too, because some of these things are real issues. And they are expecting for the next 40 years, millennials and Gen Z, to have politicians that take this seriously. So just saying climate climate isn't going to be a political solution. This is in the top three voting priorities of the young generation, not my generation or the older generations that followed me or came before me, but the newer generations below my generation, the 20, 30, 40 somethings. They're expecting it. They're demanding it. They're going to become the majority voters of America. And no party can survive a political election without having a credible alternative. And by the way, I think most Republicans I talk to privately admit, most energy company executives I talk to admit, it's the right thing to do. Let's find a way to keep energy and the economy going and jobs going and still protect the environment. Still have clean water, clean air, conservation, plant trees, recycle, reduce carbon footprints without killing everybody's job and taking us back to the Stone Ages. We don't need to have years of brownouts. This can be done. And there is a young conservative, I just mentioned his name a second ago, 
who has taken the lead on this. His name is Benji Backer. He came to fame because he stood up when he was a high school student in Wisconsin and would not be canceled for his conservative views. So he was a conservative hero. He was one of the first victors over chronic cancel culture. And for that, because that, he grew a perch. And then he decided from that perch, from my moments of fame, my street credibility as a conservative, I'm going to take the issue of my generation, the Gen Z millennial generations, and find a conservative way to win on it not to hunker down, not to give up on it. He had a plan. And over the last three, four years, Benji Backer has gone out and built policy structures, campus chapters, conferences, allies, lawmakers, right the way, all the way up to Kevin McCarthy in the House, to come up with a market-based, conservative, common-sense way to approach climate change and it's coming of age in the political space is this year. Take my word for it. I've been doing reporting on this, and you've heard from time to time people on this show talking about it. Rick Perry is no liberal bleeding heart. He's a dyed-in-the-wool Texas conservative. Donald Trump, a clear conservative. And he yet managed to get through one of the greatest water and land conservation bills in American history. Democrats don't let us talk about it, but he did. They are the former advisors to Ronald Reagan who have come on the show and said, we can't ignore this issue anymore. So Benji's going to come on the show. It's going to be a fun conversation. He's energetic. He is young. He's got momentum behind this. There is a way to address this that actually is credible, common sense, conservative, and productive. No, we're not going to kill everybody's jobs at once. No, we're not going to get rid of the gas-powered car anytime soon. We're not going to set crazy goals and then not meet them and say, oh, the world's coming to an end. And that's been the far left's environmental thing. Set goals that can't be achieved, fail to achieve them, and then say the world is coming to an end. In Europe, in America, the far left has created this constant cycle of over-promising, under-delivering, and then warning that their world is coming to an end. There is a credible, smart way. If we can close the ozone hole over America like we did in the 80s, if we could create the national park system, if we can create one of the great recycling systems in the waste management of the world, here in America we do it well, we can tackle these issues and not have to be hunkered down, be ashamed, made fun of, or lose the next two generations of voters in America. It can be done. And we're going to have a conversation about Benji. He's done a lot of thinking about this. He's going to give us his thoughts. Listen, young, up and rising conservative, taking on one of the hardest issues for conservatives to get back in the game on. He's going to join us for the whole show. Benji Backer, right after this commercial break. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. 
But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. So excited to have my next guest on this podcast for the first time. He is one of the brightest voices, one of the brightest new minds in the conservative movement. He was recently recognized as one of the most influential uh, Americans under the age of 40, the founder and president of the American Conservation Coalition. Joining me right now, Benji Backer. Benji, welcome to the show. Well, it's great to be here with you, my friend, and excited to, to talk. Yeah, I am excited as well. I, I want to, before we get into the core issue of climate change and environmentalism, which is a very important issue for me personally, I, I want to just remind people how you came onto the scene. Your first moment yeah. in conservatism when the rest of the world realized, well, this is a new young conservative. we got to pay attention to him. <laughs> Tell us that moment when you were back in high school that turned all this into, into your political cause. Yeah, well, eight to nine years ago, I was one of many young people in this country that realized that if you had conservative political values and you went to a public school, that you might get attacked by your teachers. And I uh, I was in Wisconsin when Scott Walker was going through his uh, right. really wonderful work on kind of busting the teachers' unions to make a better public school system. And uh, I was advocating for him. And the teachers came after me pretty hardcore. I wrote an article about it. Uh, Fox News and other publications picked it up. Uh, and I and I was covered in a lot of national media, uh, then got to, spoke at, got to speak at CPAC about it. Yeah. And uh, that kind of started the national conservative political opportunities that I had. But it was all because in high school, standing up for conservative values and realized that well, maybe in a place like even Wisconsin uh, that wasn't popular or allowed in the classroom. Yeah, pretty amazing. I, I look back and I think you were one of the first true real cases of cancel culture. It's become so widespread now. I go, oh, my God. But, you know, you stood up for your principles and you won and you, you actually got an, an entire country to get behind you. It was remarkable. But you have this passion like so many young people. Uh, you care about the environment. You care about the world we're going to leave behind to generations to come. And it's interesting because somehow, and I don't know how this happened, because when I started my career, there was a guy named Ronald Reagan in the White House, and he was a big outdoorsman. He actually cared about the environment. He actually signed, I think, the only real treaty that's had any really profound effect uh, on uh, climate change, uh, the Montreal Protocols, which helped get rid of the ozone hole for a while and, and got rid of the aerosols that were causing that. Somehow, from that moment to this moment, the new generation of progressives painted Republicans into a corner and somehow Republicans and conservatives embraced the corner that, well, we're not for the climate. We don't. But what really conservatives say is we don't want these radical solutions, but we really are for mm -hmm. the environment. You're changing that debate. Tell, tell me how you started that effort. Well, look, you're exactly right. Conservatives live in areas that are incredibly beautiful. You look at the Midwest, the yeah. West Coast, the places that are red, Republican red are the places that in the environment is the most beautiful. We know how to take care of our land. We know we know how to t uh, take care of conservation. We're, we're, we're hunters. We're fishers. Uh, we love to hike. We love to bike. And we love to be outside. Uh, we love to farm. And, and that's part of who we are as people. It's not the, oh, we're at the top of a, a New York City building talking about how much we love the environment. Right. We're actually in it. <laughs> we're actually in it, living it and breathing yeah. it every single day. 
And we need to retake this conversation because of that. But because people like Al Gore uh, politicized climate change in the early 2000s to win elections and made it about radical government policy that wasn't going to stand up for the majority of Americans, we, we, we made one key mistake when realistically going after them. We didn't provide an alternative. Yep. And when you're not at the table on an issue, you're losing. And when you're not at the table on an issue that you care about a lot, which we all care about the environment, then you're really losing. And so what we, the, the mistake that we made was backing away from those radical policies. And instead, we should have been stepping in and saying, look, these are horrible ideas, but we have better ones because we care about this more than anyone else. And we know how to take care of it better than anyone else. And now people are trying to wake up to that fact. And it's, it's definitely working for the first time ever. It is for the first time you're beginning to see large numbers of very influential conservatives talking about this. I had Rick Perry on the show recently. He talked about his vision, which he began, by the way, in the Trump administration for a clean energy future for America. Uh, Newt Gingrich talking about we need a conserving America contract for America. Some of the most cogent big names in the conservative movement are all embracing two things. One the rightful mantle that conservatives had for ages uh, on on the environment, but also coming up with a strategy that doesn't maybe kill jobs, doesn't have a radical thing, lead to brownouts, all the things that the democratic version of this does, but still gets us to a low carbon economy, gets us to a sustainable uh, environmental policy. What do you think are the best ideas that conservatives are now putting out there that uh, that give a viable alternative to the AOC Green New Deal, which you know most Americans don't like at all. That's exactly right. And the, and the Green New Deal for a while has gone unfettered in terms of its opposition because similar to Obamacare, we, 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 we go after it, but we don't have some sort of alternative. Going back to my earlier point, now we are able to actually come up with that. And we can be the party in the movement that actually solves environmental challenges. Uh, whether you care about the environment as a top priority or you know that politically we can't continue to lose on this issue, we know that it needs to be something that we have our own ideas on. What are those ideas? Well, it's going back to the conservative values that we all know and love. It's about limited government. It's about fiscal responsibility. It's about job creation. It's about protecting America's interests because America uh, protects the environment better than anywhere else in the world. It's about improving technology and creating jobs because we have entrepreneurs who come up with new ideas that can actually lower the cost of energy and clean up uh, the environmental impact of energy at the same time. And so it's about a diverse American energy portfolio. It's about all these things that Americans who are conservative or even in the middle can truly get behind. And it's actually at the opposite of the Green New Deal. And as someone who does believe in climate change and does believe that our emissions from vehicles and energy use and all those things end up having an impact on our atmosphere, and even if you don't, the Green New Deal is is something that doesn't even help that uh, it doesn't help protect our environment. It's, it's a complete economic tape, takeover that is rooted in false climate uh, talk. And instead of saying, OK, the Green New Deal is horrible, we should be saying the Green New Deal is horrible. And to protect our environment, here's our approach. That is what that's the missing the component. Isn't it? We have. Yeah. That's exactly the missing component. And in 2022, we have a unique opportunity because if we can retake the House and maybe even the Senate, we can show that not only we can win on this issue, but that when we have that influence in political power, that we can actually implement the policies that protect our environment for generations to come and restore that legacy that Teddy Roosevelt to Ronald Reagan put into this conservative heritage of conservation. Yeah. Listen, the, the largest conservation, water and land conservation legislation in the history of the United States came on Donald Trump's watch, right? We did more in that legislation exactly. than any prior any prior bill. And yet Republicans don't own that. They don't own their successes. They almost forget to talk about Teddy Roosevelt. You and I have sat around at, at, uh, over dinner a couple of times and kind of mapped out different ideas that seem to have a, a market-based approach to getting carbon emissions mm-hmm. down and, and creating a clean environment. One of those that we've talked about off area is, you know, nuclear energy has to play a role. Mm-hmm. For some weird reason, since the new year began, I am seeing major, major uh, publications uh, like uh, Foreign Policy Magazine, The Daily Beast, others with headlines like this one. This is one that actually uh, was in the Foreign Policy Magazine just a couple weeks ago. Three reasons nuclear power has returned to the energy debate. 
if we believed our own rhetoric about climate crisis, support for nuclear would be much higher. This comes from the Columbia Climate School founding dean. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, people seem to be going back. And I think it's a realization that while wind and solar are good, they can't give us enough of the power we need. Talk about where nuclear exactly. fits in a conservative vision for climate change. Well, 100%. And that's where the left has completely screwed up this opportunity, which is nuclear energy is really the only way that you can reduce emissions quickly. And if you don't have nuclear energy, you can't do anything at all. Uh, you need baseload power. And for most people, you know, they might not know what that means, but it's an important thing when we're talking about energy. You need to have a significant source of power uh, across all different types of homes and all different types of businesses, and it has to be reliable. You have to have it at night. You have to have it when the wind's blowing, when the wind's not blowing. Uh, you have to have it uh, when the water's flowing or when the water's not flowing. You need to have it 100% of the time, 24 hours a day, so people can put food on their tables and continue doing the work that they do to put those put that food on the table. And so nuclear energy provides that, and it provides it as, as a very cheap alternative to other sources of energy. The upfront cost of nuclear is high, but you know, after that's you know, surpassed, uh, it's, it's one of the most affordable forms of energy in the world. And it's actually proven to be the safest form of energy in terms of depth and impact out of any energy source uh, internationally or here in the US. So there's a huge opportunity there, but because of the stereotype that the environmental community has put out that nuclear energy is unsafe and that it's gotta be solar and wind only, we haven't pursued nuclear energy technology. And because of that, China and other countries, Russia, have gotten ahead of us on nuclear energy production and financing. And they're doing it not just in their own countries, but across the world. We need yeah, to catch up on point. the nuclear energy re revolution and we need, we need to actually lead the nuclear energy revolution. America needs to lead the nuclear energy revolution. And if we don't, we're gonna fall behind and we're gonna have energy sources that are outdated and worse for the environment. Nuclear is a huge part of the answer. And here's the funny part, the United States and its innovative inventors are leading the way on this. We have the technology that other countries are currently using, these new modular Correct. nuclear reactors. Talk about how those are game changers compared to the nuclear power plants we built in the 60s and 70s. 100%. Well, first of all, they're a lot smaller. You think of a nuclear power plant, you think of how big right. those plants are. These are these are power plants that eventually could be in your own backyard. I mean, these are small, really, really small nuclear reactors that can power at a very, very high level, but are much, much less uh, in terms of physical space. They also are far more efficient, far safer, uh, and they provide more energy uh, far more efficiently. They also, because they do it more efficiently, lower the cost of nuclear, where, you know, building a huge power plant, which has provided a lot of benefits to society, yep. but building a big power plant costs a lot of upfront, costs a lot upfront, which can raise taxes or do something to the economy. These, this does not do that. And you look at someone like Bill Gates, you know, like him or not, he has a, a, a company that's exploring nuclear energy. And he, sure he, does. Felt like he had to go to China because he felt like China's economy was more willing to embrace nuclear than the American one. Oh, that man. is embarrassing. And we're helping our friend Americans, more than we're helping ourselves. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So these new nuclear technologies, whether you've loved nuclear or hated it in the past, it's a whole different ball game, and we have we have an amazing outlook on on kind of how nuclear can be a big part of the equation. Yeah, this seems to be the year, and I have no idea because when we first were talking last fall, you know, I, the, the people weren't talking in the space much. You were a lot, but there's been right. a sudden echo chamber since the first of the year. It seems like even people on the left, and certainly people in the center and right, are talking about nuclear as as a, a, a potential powerful solution. I want you to lay it on the line. I'm I'm a little bit older than you. I, I'm in my mid fifties. You're in your twenties. If conservatives don't get an alternative in the plan, your generation is more climate tuned than any the, the millennial and your generation yeah. combined. They've been raised to be concerned about the climate. Mm -hmm. What is the political devastation if conservatives don't create a market based alternative to the Green New Deal? Well, there's two big problems that are going to arise. First and foremost, we're going to allow the Green New Deal type mentality to dominate politics and the political culture, because when that's the only option, that's the only thing we're going to be stuck with. And the Green New Deal would be disastrous for not only our economy, but also our environment. And so if that's the only policy on the table, then we're going to lose that battle uh, eventually. And it's actually going to come pretty quickly. Politically, in terms of elections, 
young people rank climate change as the top three issue, not just left of center young people, but center and center right people. And you're seeing people in my generation vote for candidates specifically on this issue in swing states like Georgia, like uh, Arizona, like Ohio. Those are states that conservatives need to win. And if we are losing young people because they perceive us as being anti-environment and they're voting for candidates that are either supportive of the Green New Deal or something like it, we are going to have a disaster on our hands. And once again, it's not just economic disaster. It's also environmental disaster. The Republican Party needs to get right on climate yesterday. And if we don't get right on it, as soon as possible, we are going to be in for a real tough heartbreak. And maybe it won't be as obvious in 2022, but 2024, 2026, 2028 are going to be real tough because young people have this perception that we hate the environment. And no matter if you believe that climate change is the most important issue facing our planet today, or you think it's a hoax, this is an issue we need to get a position on now because we love our environment, we love our planet, and we love this country. And if you love any of those things, then this is the time for us to stand up and say enough is enough. We're going to retake this issue. Yeah, it is a political survival necessity. This is no longer just a fancy or, uh, you know, let's play politics with AOC. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back with more for Benji Backer. What a great interview. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. Great to have Benji here. The next generation of voters, who are now the largest generation of voters, they expect both parties to have an answer. And I think that's what people like Newt Gingrich have been talking about, Rick Perry, lots of the gray-haired elder statesmen and stateswomen of the party are talking about this. You've done some polling. Newt Gingrich has done some polling. Yeah. Where are the popular solutions? What are things that Americans are willing to embrace when you get into the polling that conservatives can draw from to create this plan that, that they need so desperately? Well, first of all, I think what's most important is that you can embrace this issue without forgoing your conservative values. And that's the thing that conservatives across the country need to realize. You can embrace fighting climate change and embrace policies and embrace people who talk about it without forgoing your values. This is not a liberal issue. This is an issue that should be a conservative issue. And we need to make it conservative. Just because it hasn't been doesn't mean it can't be. And the, the sorts of solutions lie in the marketplace. They lie within American energy independence. They lie within the American ingenuity and competitive spirit. And it also it also lies in reducing mandates, reducing regulations. Nuclear in the U.S. has been handicapped by unnecessary regulation in the United States for decades. So reducing unnecessary regulation, providing opportunities, economic opportunities for farmers and ranchers and energy workers across this country to be a part of this revolution that's happening globally without having to change their job or be told to just go, you know, 
uh, mine data like uh, John Kerry has told coal workers to do. None of that has to happen. Right. This is something that conservative technology, American ingenuity, all of that, and it's all very popular. And it's an all-the-above energy approach. We can do it with all the existing energy sources that we have, including nuclear, reduce regulations, and, and embrace the rural American uh, spirit by helping people in rural communities uh, manage their forests better, take care of their farms, um, put food on their table, and also feed the rest of America while reducing their impact. Those are winning messages, but it's also what it's going to take to reduce our environmental impact. It's a win-win. Yeah. Do you see people in the states? Do you see governors, attorneys, generals, other leaders? You know, states in the conservative movement, states are the great laboratories where the best ideas come. It seems like the ones in Washington always get fumbled and failed. But in the states, do you see people right now that have ideas that are working that set the, uh, the seeds for a conservative climate change policy? Absolutely. The five best states right now in terms of fighting climate change are led by Republican governors. Isn't that amazing? And it's not just by, by exactly, it's super amazing. I mean, we don't hear about it in the media, but it's the truth. And it's, 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 it's a wild swath of the Republican spectrum. You have Larry Hogan, Charlie Baker, and, and Krista Nunu in the Northeast, right. you know, more moderate conservatives. And you also have uh, Georgia and Florida's governors, including Governor DeSantis, yep. who are leading on it as well. So this is something that the whole, you know, no matter if you're a moderate Republican or a hardcore Republican uh, or hardcore conservative, this is something that you can lead on. DeSantis is proving it, and Larry Hogan is proving it, and everyone in between. So what they're doing is they're doing exactly what I just talked about. It's localized solutions, step-by-step. Step. It's not massive economic overhauls. It's helping boost their economy. They're actually increasing their jobs uh, and helping increase their economic output because of the way they're talking about climate, but they're doing it because they know that the alternative would be worse for their state. And that if they allow in either a purple or a blue state that they govern to uh, have the left tackle it, that their state will actually be worse off. And in Florida, they're seeing the effects of climate change and environmental problems firsthand. So, so Governor DeSantis has actually worked with Democrats and Republicans to pass some of the most uh, amazing bills around resiliency and climate mitigation. And in the Northeast, uh, you know, Charlie Baker has led the nation in reducing carbon emissions because of their shift to different clean energy sources, including nuclear and expanding offshore wind energy. These are these are common sense approaches that conservatives are leading. No one talks about and that we're not noticing as conservatives enough. This is what we need to, to uh, replace with at the national level as well and take notes from some of these amazing national uh, gu gubernatorial leaders. Yeah. And listen, DeSantis is leading on a lot, of, a lot of issues and climate change is one. I think Republicans need to appreciate that there is a conservative way to do this. You don't have to have big government mandates. You don't have to get rid of every car at once and put people out mm -hmm. of business. There is a phased, smart way to do this in it's time for Republicans. The ideas are on the table. I mean, Rick Perry put together a diverse set of ideas a couple of years ago before Trump left office. They're there. Newt yep. Gingrich has them. You have them. Your, your incredible group has done some amazing things to put really smart ideas on there. I've been asked often, uh, you know, how is it that we got the Green New Deal? How did the Green New Deal, which is in many ways, I think most of the people I talk to feel kind of anti-American, kind of uh, anti-innovative, yeah. anti, uh, certainly anti-working class and middle class, because it, it just has no care for the everyday working people and the consequences of an ideological fix for climate. And I, I, there's a quote that uh, when I was going to school a long time ago at Marquette University back in the 80s that has always stuck with me. It's from Plato. When it goes something like this, one of the penalties for refusing to participate in politics is that you end up being governed by inferior policies. Mm. If you don't have that solution, conservatives, of course, something like the Green New Deal is going to end up filling the void, the vacuum. And I think the, the answer I give people when I'm asked this question is, if you don't want the Green New Deal to become, because we've come perilously close several times to having it passed, for God's sakes, find the alternative and get it into the space. Do you think there's enough 100%. Republican leaders ready to do that? Yeah, well, first of all, your alma mater, Marquette, their basketball team is on quite the uh, how about that right right? we've had a couple that upsets i know <laughs> really impressive really impressive fun to watch uh Shaka smarts team but uh but yeah you're exactly right um you know the conservative ideas are out there and and when you allow the other side to dominate it you're losing and the, the green new deal got to where it is because 
what the left has is not their policy ideas working. It's not the science. It's not any of that. It is the fact that when they have oversimplified statements, uh, they feel good. And when you say, I will solve climate change and solve it by 2030 if we do this, it sounds good, it feels good, and you feel like you're doing something moral. Um, and so young people see that and they go, yeah, that sounds good. We need to have something that sounds good but also does good. And something that sounds good doesn't always do good. We know that. We know that about politics. Uh, and, and so we need to replace that sort of mantra that they've been able to take over. Uh, the Green New Deal is really well messaged. It's really, really well branded. Yeah. Uh, it's, A lot it's, of money it's behind really, it. And it's very simple, right? It's uh, it's it's actually too simple. Uh, but that's what resonates with the majority of people who don't know all the intricacies of uh, this 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 uh, this topic. So that's why we need to have that same sort of approach, but in a way that actually has reality behind it and and nuance and facts and logic. And we can do that. So we have the political will now for the first time at least in my lifetime, there's the second largest caucus in Congress is the Conservative Climate Caucus. It's conservatives leading on climate. And it's some of the Freedom uh, Caucus members all the way to some of the most moderate members and everyone in between. This is one That's of the- That's hard to do in this Congress. It's hard it to is. get that level of consensus. It is so hard. Yeah. Exactly. Republicans right now are pretty split. This is an issue that we can unite on. And it's an issue that we can actually gain new voters on. And we have the political will to do it. And now we have the political opportunity to do it. And I think that you're going to see well over, you know, 85, 90 Republican uh, members of the House and a couple dozen in the Senate be the ones who carry this torch and say enough is enough. We are going to pass policies that work for America and work for our environment. And look, by the way, we're going to not only bring our own Republican colleagues, but we might even bring some sensible Democrat colleagues. Of course. This is an issue that we can leave a legacy on. Yeah, there's no there's no doubt about it. The language matters, right? Words matter. Mm -hmm. And the second I even utter the word climate change, sometimes when I'm in conservative, yeah. like, oh, God, oh, that boy, oh, they, they, they have the garlic and the marrows out. It's like really, hey, wait, wait a second. I'm not a vampire. Right. Stop. Uh, what mm -hmm. is the words that capture middle America, conservative America that could put together a 60 plus percent coalition? If we don't call it climate change, what are some good words that we can use to get the same uh, concepts across? Well, first, I would urge people to say, don't be scared of, don't be fearful of, of words uh, that have been defined by the left. Let's redefine them instead. And let's redefine climate change as being big government and scary doom and gloom. We're going to take your jobs from you to saying, look, our, our, our world is changing, human caused or not. We know that. And we're going to uh, do that in a way that's conservative and, and make climate change a conservative principle. But knowing that there is going to be some hesitancy to that, uh, the, the same principles that support climate change reform are the ones that Donald Trump talked about with clean air, clean water, uh, cleaning up our, our streams and our own backyards, talking about protecting the wild spaces that we all love, yeah. whether that's to hunt or to fish uh, or to hike or to ski. Those are all things that fall underneath the same umbrella of protecting our planet through climate change. And so those are the types of, uh, of ideas that are baked into the conservative approach. And those are the types of words that you can say when you're trying to communicate this to someone who is a little bit more skeptical. We can all agree that we want clean air and clean water. We can all agree that we want to leave this planet cleaner and better than the one we were born into. So let's not allow those two words, climate change, to dictate whether or not we engage or not. Yeah, such an important, uh, such an important lesson. You know, the images that I think of when people say, well, conservatives aren't concerned about the climate. I, I, the photos of Teddy Roosevelt looking out at the land where he was going to buy some of the first park property, Ronald Reagan on his horse, me on my Kubota tractor up in my uh, favorite Shenandoah Valley cabin where I, I go off. And we lo conservatives love the outdoors in a very big way. And we need to embrace those in imagery and in policy and in words. Mm -hmm. And it seems like Kevin McCarthy is putting something behind the scenes together. What do you know about uh, the House Republican leader in his efforts to put a comprehensive plan together, which, by the way, won't get rid of your car, won't leave you with brownouts. Mm -hmm. You're not going to go dark and have to go native and live off the land. Uh, wh what are some of the ideas and what is he doing behind the scenes to set the stage for this? Really, really good question. So unlike a lot of things in politics today, as I mentioned earlier, he's been able to unite some of the 
most far right and 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 far moderate um, members of his caucus in the in the U.S. House with Republicans, his conference, and he's gotten uh, at least some unity behind this issue. Last year, he released uh, a package of bills that was over 30 policies related to conservative approaches to fighting climate change. He's going to do something similar, most likely this year, that's even going to be more substantial. And it's going to, it's really going to send ripples throughout the country. We're going to hopefully be really involved in that and, and messaging that to the younger demographic of voters, because what we need to do is not only pro- provide our own policy solutions, which he's actually already done with his Republican colleagues, but also shout that from the rooftops and say, if you want action on these issues, the Democratic Party is not for you. We have the best ideas. We had them last year. No one took notice. We have them this year. And we are going to be the ones that get this done. And again, no matter if you think Kevin McCarthy is a great leader or not, he has led this with the colleagues from yeah. all wings of the party. That's and the thing about it. There's a large the consensus on this. Yeah. Huge consensus. So that this this year, I think, will be the year. 2022 will be the year that Republicans retake the climate change dialogue. And we have to, we need to for our country and our planet. McCarthy gets that. His colleagues get that from all wings of the aisle on the Republican side. And we're going to do it. There are a lot of all my reporting seems to point in this direction that this isn't this isn't hyperbole. This is really something that's going on in the background. We've been chronicling it here at Just the News. I think 2022 20 to 2024 is a major moment where the policy uh, debate flips in the climate change environment conservation space. Keep an eye on it. Benji, uh, real quickly, before we go, how do people stay in touch with the work you do at the American Conservation Coalition? Well, very quickly, we're starting what is needed for what has been needed for decades, a grassroots version of conservative environmentalism all over the country. We have chapters all over the country. You can find us at acc.eco, so acc.eco, and we're at social media uh, at underscore or at acc underscore national, or you can just search American Conservation Coalition, and then I'm at Benji Backer. But we need you. We need your voice. And we will amplify it to the max, help give you the information and education that you need on the topics that you want to know more about. And we're going to create the conservative environmental movement that solves these issues and gives us a place as a home of people who want to return to conservation roots as conservatives and be the winners on this issue. Yep. There's so many ways to do this without killing jobs, without killing your car, without killing the economy and uh, putting people into the dark ages. And that's the exciting part about this conversation. I now know, Benji, why Fortune put you in the top 40 under 40. You got something going on that's going to be very transformative. We're going to get you back on the show real soon. Oh, I can't wait to be back. Thanks for having me. And thanks for, for, for being such a great voice in this discussion and such a big, amazing leader in the conservative movement. Well, thank you, Benji. I appreciate it a lot. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up for the day. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. All right, folks, that wraps up the Thursday edition of John Solomon Reports. So grateful you could join us. Really thankful to Benji, a young rising conservative who has thought through and is working to create solutions, not toss Molotov cocktails on the climate change debate. He's trying to create market-based solutions that will work for the next few generations of voters that will leave every generation 
the confidence that we're leaving the world in a better place. We can do this. We have technology. We have innovation. We have market forces. It doesn't have to be give up your car, walk to work, get rid of your suburban home, create multifamily suburban housing. We don't have to give up the best of Americana. We don't have to kill jobs immediately. We don't have to destroy industries, put you in a house where the power goes on and off with brownouts. California's done it. It doesn't work, right? There's a way to do this. And I think Benji has at least got you thinking about it. I hope this was a valuable conversation and we're going to have more of them as the year goes on. All right, folks, that wraps it up. May God bless you. May God bless this extraordinary country, the United States. You've been listening to John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Just the News. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner, whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bike. You and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion, Hunter Biden, and the security and intelligence failures that preceded January 6th. Our stories have real impact and reach because we stick to the facts. I'm John Solomon. You can help me expand our honest, unvarnished, and unbiased reporting by becoming a premium member at Just the News. You'll get an ad-free experience and exclusive member-only access to events. And you'll be helping us dig up more truth. Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe.